Good morning, welcome Facebook. This is Coach Deb. You are tuning in to Ruby, Rebuilding Hill Motivation Monday. We've got an amazing guest today, Pamela Henderson Whitfield. Is that correct, Pam? That is correct. That and is she, she's going to share this morning about her amazing journey and, and, and this amazing calling on her life that God has called her to do. That many of us would be like, Lord, not me. Just like when he called us the pastor, pastors out there. We said, Lord, you sure? And of course, please help me welcome my co-host, Lady Ashley. Hello, hello. Good morning. I'm so blessed and so glad to be here and a part of this great conversation. Um, I'm just happy and I know that this is going to be a session that's going to be full of so much wisdom and love and all kinds of good stuff. So tune in. Absolutely. Let me just remind you, you know, you can't heal what you don't reveal. And this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of revealing so that you can heal. And a lot of times that takes place by way of service. It takes, way of, uh, takes place by way of volunteering. It takes place, there are many ways that God may use you to heal. A lot of times when you're hurting, the best, the best way to heal is, about, is by helping someone else. Am I right about it? Absolutely. So as we get ready to move forward, as we get ready to move forward this morning, I want those of you that are watching to please go ahead and tag a friend, tag them and let them know that Motivation Monday is on this morning. And our goal is to motivate you so that you will have something to help you throughout the week, beginning with today. So also, also I want to let you know, please let them know that we can be seen on IG, Instagram, Facebook Live, and also YouTube. So you want to put that out as well. Let's move forward. I'm so excited, Pam. Look at you. Honey, mm -hmm. baby, living your best life. You know, I told you before we were on camera, I seen you come up out there, water girl, like Bo Derrick. <laughs> they need to, they need to go on your Facebook so they can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't show them those big legs. I just put it all right there. I just put it all right there. I'm telling you, it's like there's something going on. With the pandemic, you know, and all the sadness, you know, there's something going on. I believe that the Lord is stirring the waters for rejuvenation mm -hmm. and for people to be revitalized and, you know, for them to just re relive. You know, it's like, it's, let's just start over and begin again. You know what I'm saying? With Absolutely. all this going on, I think it's a place where we can begin again, you know, mm -hmm. because he's exposing things mm -hmm. that we need to get in order. Am I right about it? Absolutely. I'm going to stop right there because I want to go ahead and give the people just a little bit about you as we move forward. As Lady Ashley and I, we're going to uh, have questions for you. Pam, Pamela uh, Henderson Whitfield, born and raised in Cartersville, Georgia, married to Chief Officer Carlos Whitfield for almost 15 years in November. Together they have four sons and two grandsons, currently residing in Ackworth, Georgia. Whitfield is self-employed as a self-taught chef and owner of By Your, By Your Side Catering Company. But her passion and love lies within being a CEO and founder of her nonprofit organization, Will to Way Foundation Incorporated, for the past seven years. That's what we're going to talk about. Whitfield, along with her team, have served over 800,000 people worldwide and continues to make strides to rid the world of hunger and homelessness by serving the undeserved weekly by providing a hot meal, clothing, and basic necessities to help make life 
or to help make life on the mean on the mean streets as comfortable as possible. Under Whitfield's leadership, Will to Wait partnered and served those affected by the pandemic in Barstow County. 56,890 meals from March through May, cooking seven days a week, as well as serving the homeless three days per week. Pamela's her favorite scene saying is any day is a good day to serve. That's right. You need to make that a t-shirt. That's I sure should. Let's get this one. Let's get I this always money. recognize these good quotes. Everybody that come on, they always have something that just hit me. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. Any and you day, want to put it all on t-shirts. <laughs> right, right. Any day is a good day to serve. Because see, if you're doing something in the community, yeah. it's just a way for you to be able to get back and get support. Absolutely. You understand? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Now, uh, when the Lord went to the cross, that wasn't free. He paid his blood. So the I ultimate hear sacrifice. He paid the ultimate you know. Yes. Sure, you're right. That's so you want to make right sure you make a note of that sugar foot. I just um, I just put it down in my phone, honey. I got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What I, I got you is Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, Lady Ashley, I know you you're gonna be short with me this morning, love, because you you got uh 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 work to do. So go ahead and give um Pamela your question as we move forward. Right. So um, I'm super excited to have mm -hmm. this conversation tonight. You know, God is so good. He will always put us in a position to where his light will shine brighter than us. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, just to be that vessel that can allow God's light to shine through. Um, Pam, I personally have seen your work um, and I give you mad respect for all that you do, all that you have done. Um, I see videos, I see pictures, I hear people chattering about the work that you do, and that's to be commended because a lot of people couldn't see the need and then bypass the need uh, without fully walking in whatever the calling is that God has for you. So I want to give you mad props and mad respect tonight for all the hard work that you do that people know of and for the things that they don't know of. So honor you tonight. Um, so my you first question- but you know that it's early in the morning. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a late bird type person, you know, so my night is my morning. So if you hear me say night, just charge it to, to the fact that, you know, I'm homeschooling these kids and, and I have no, I have no sense of date it. or time. I love it. I love, great comeback. So, so for those people who know me, this is just a sign that these kids whooping my behind. <laughs> Great comeback. <laughs> oh, I that was it. good. She was ready. She was ready for yes, it. Yes. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. You stay ready. You don't have you to ain't gotta get, get ready. ready. Okay. That's another t shirt, girl. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> now, on to the question. Um, so, <laughs> because your ministry has done so many amazing things, I've, I'm just curious because at some point in our life, there's that pivotal moment, there's that thing, there's that. Um, thing that that encourages us to do more, to want to do more. And so my question to you is, what was the defining moment in your life that encouraged your ministry? Um, it's weird because it happened, this wasn't what it was supposed to be. So 
when um, we got together, it was just going to be a group of ladies that were going to run and encourage each other to lose weight. I had lost a lot of weight. Can't tell it now, but it's all good. Um, I lost a lot of weight and I was running and exercising every day. And people were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, well, what better way than to show them? And, oh, I can't run two miles. I can't. Well, we'll just cheer each other on, right? And the ones of us that could would go back and get the ones that couldn't. And that's how collective, that's how an organization was formed, right? And then one night the Lord was like, well, this all fine and good, but you running from where I want you to be. And that's when he laid it on my heart to do servitude and mentoring. And I was like, yeah, you got jokes. That's not, you know, we just gonna run. I don't have time for all of that. And the pivotal moment is on November the 6th, um, of 2013, he was like, this is it. Like, I'm not blessing no other mess. Like, this is it. And I was answering the call. And that night, my son went to jail. And now here I am, I have a meeting with these ladies the next day to tell them, you know, what the Lord had told me, and how he wanted me to mentor these young girls. And my baby just went to jail. So I said to myself, well, self, how are you going to mentor when your baby just went to jail? How are you going to help somebody else, child, when you basically feel like you lost yours, right? Or you feel like you lost the battle. And uh, I was really, I was mad at God because, I mean, I'm typing up letters to this meeting, notes for this meeting the next day, and I'm, I'm broken. Mm. and I can say we went right into it the ones that wanted to was like hey that's not what I got into this for I just want to run and I'm like well we can still run but this is where we're going and that serving has saved me um it kept my mind it kept me focused on what I needed to do um because all you can do is raise your children right the best that you know how And I didn't raise my children to, you know, go to jail or anything like that. It's their learning experience and what they had to go through. But I had to go through that too. And I had to forgive myself for not feeling guilty because I had done my part in raising them. And even my son said, mom, you didn't do anything. This is is what I chose for me. His choice. Right. um, Serving saved me. And that is, that is the more I gave the more the Lord allowed the hurt to end. And right, it came right. to a point where I didn't even think about the hurt that was, right. that was caused. Yeah. So. Wow. And I'll say that um, I can definitely relate to what you just said. And I'm all about transparency because that's just one of my gifts that God has blessed me with. But I can recall that there was a time that I was doing soup kitchens <clears throat> and through my ministry, Blankets of Hope. And basically we had an open closet, we had a soup kitchen and people could come in and they could eat. We would serve them like they were in a restaurant and then they could come in and they could get uh, clothing, shoes, whatever they needed, they could come and get. So I'll never forget, I was pregnant with Naomi. Naomi, who is now about to be seven. And my husband was pastoring at this time too. But I can remember that we were facing an eviction and we didn't want to go stay with family because we wanted to stay together. 
my husband is big on us staying together and people had no clue because we're leaders in the community but you know we were struggling at one point too and so i'll never forget that we had this soup kitchen planned for the next day and i was like god you know we're, we're in a hotel it was a nice hotel we didn't want for anything we didn't have to worry about what we were eating but the fact was we didn't know where our next home was going to be so we're staying in this hotel and some would classify that as homeless and i'm like god okay i see what you're doing and i told my husband i don't want to do the soup kitchen i don't want to do the open closet because i was so broken at the time and he said we still have to fulfill god's duty we still have to do what he has called us to do so i'll never forget the morning that we were getting up to go and do this soup kitchen and open closet for the homeless and tent community we were standing in a hotel the next morning um we go and we have the soup kitchen and the open closet and over 150 people came to eat and we're dragging trash bags of clothing and stuff out of that soup kitchen but i say all of that to say that god wants us in our most broken state Absolutely. and that's when he can utilize us the most and that's when our focus is not on what we're doing and our credentials it's is focused on that pain that we're feeling and I think that that's when God can use us the most. So I think that's probably what makes your ministry uh, the success that it is. So I can I, appreciate I, that. I totally, um, and thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, it, I mean, it's in the midst of your brokenness that your bruises heal. And yeah. um, I um, I stand firm on that. And, and I don't mind telling, you know, people are like, your son went to jail. Yeah, both of them at the same time. I had both of them in there. So I had, and I was honest with people. This is what happened. Like, I'm, let me tell you this story. This is what happened, but this is why I continue to serve. Yeah. Because out of that, God's going to continue to get the glory. Absolutely. And, and he has. 800,000 people later, he's continually getting the glory. Yes. Wow, that's amazing that you even keep up with the number because, you know, I forget after about a good four or five with everything that I've got going on. But hey. and I have to write that stuff down. I have to write it down. Yes. Don't listen. I have to write it down. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's awesome. I appreciate the transparency uh, this morning because that's what Reveal and Heal is all about. And it's important that we as hosts, hosts and co-hosts, we're also as transparent. Reveal and Heal was birthed out of that type of uh, situation because when I was uh, in a better situation, um, I continued to try to aid and help other people when it, I was looked upon, you can't even help yourself. I recall mm -hmm. one in particular situation when I was working for Emmanuel Broadcasting Network, 91.7. I was the night praiser at the Christian radio station. So I was an advocate for victims of domestic violence and anybody that was on a, on a break of committing suicide or whatever, night praisers, when you work night, they used to say, just song come out once, once, one time, the freaks come out at night. Well, shoot, let me just tell you, when there is like tr abuse and all that type of stuff, it's some craziness that takes place. And you hear about it when you do Christian radio. And at that time, I was in abuse myself, being beat seven days a week, twice on Sunday. And uh, I still managed to go in and work the third shift with a patch over my eye from a black eye or limping on a crutch because it, we had to, I had to go up the stairs to get to the studio. And the president was like, why did you keep coming? You are advocating. Mm -hmm. 
and you are uh, helping other people and it just don't appear that you can help yourself. I said, well, you know what? I'm helping myself. Yes. I said, I can't lay down and die. You know, when there are people that need me because lives are being saved. Yes. Right. So that's why I'm where I am today because through me helping others, my life was saved. Absolutely. So I can appreciate what y'all have shared because at the end of the day, we've got to keep on going. We got to understand that whatever is going on is bigger than us. That's so right. my metaphor for helping other people when you when you uh, uh, need help yourself is reveal and heal. That's right. That's what it is. So thank you tonight, this morning for your transparency. And I want to move forward and I want you to share, Pam, with how important is it, you know, that you do what you're doing in the village because you can't feed everybody. You know what I'm saying? You're just one. Right. So how important is it that you continue to do what you're doing in the village? And, and of course, other people take a, you know, grab a, grab a uh, apron and, and help out. Absolutely. Um, that, that's really a funny. If, at first, it seems like you're doing everything all yourself. And it wasn't really until this time of this pandemic, this sit down time with God, that I realized how broad my village is um, and how many people came every day in the midst of not knowing what was going on and a, and a virus that could kill any of us just for being in contact with each other and how, how many people came to serve. And during that time, we served in, in Cartersville um, over 56,000 meals, 900 meals a day for over 90 days. And how people came together, um, a community of strangers that now I'm great friends with people that never even knew who I was, um, people that had never even heard of my organization or any out of all the things that we do. And now they're advocating for what we do and they're supporting our ministry um, just over a meal. So it's way bigger than food. And that's what I tell people. Yes, ministry, my ministry is way bigger than food. Um, and it's way bigger than, than that one meal that we're providing. Yes. And this village, over 300 volunteers. I mean, every day people were coming um, to serve. To, it was cold, it was raining. There were thunderstorms, whatever the case was, people would come together, deliver meals out, help in the kitchen. At two o'clock in the afternoon, people were helping to serve. At five o'clock in the afternoon, straight off from work for those that were essential. Those that, it, what I really loved and took out of this whole pandemic was, um, and the village was, some people came that actually were customers they, they would come by and get a free meal because they needed it, but they would come in and serve too. And one lady, she came every day to serve and she said, I'm going to take my food when I get ready to leave, but I had to get out and come and help. So it doesn't seem like I'm getting a hand out. It's more of a hand up until I can get myself back to help. So those are the kind of people that are in our community that are willing to get out of their cars, although they're in need and serve somebody else. So that that's is, what it's about. That, I mean, how, how do you put the broken pieces back together of what's going on unless you're given? And she was like, this is the only way I feel good every day about myself and I'm not yeah. following in my yeah. music. You know, so um, 
And I have a terrific group of ladies that have followed me, even when I don't know where we're going. I want to be very clear about that. Um, but this, to see the community come together and love on each other and be there for each other during this pandemic, it was absolutely amazing. So it really does take a village to put on what we put on there in Bartow County, partnering with the Red Door and the Episcopal Church and the Blessed Coalition. Um, and with all of the racial tension, um, nobody looked at any of that. You know, nobody cared about the color of your skin. Nobody, nobody judged you for who you are. People just had a heart to serve for the community. And that really changed, that was really, those 90 days have changed my life forever. Awesome. Mm, 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 mm. Really changed my life. Yeah. That's awesome. I could almost cry for that, but I'm not going to. It's um well, you know what? It's okay. This is a safe <laughs> space. And yeah. transparency is what people want to witness. It's for cause see what we gotta be mindful of. People that have the heart of God recognize vanity. They recognize when what you're doing is not authentic. They recognize, you know, deception. So when you're being transparent, when you're being, you know, sincere, that is a recipe for healing. Yeah. When people generally know that what you do, you do uh, from your heart, that really causes them to lay their pride down and go get some help. Yeah. How about that? Go get some help. Because people really care. They really want to help you. They're not trying to add to all the other stuff that they're doing for somebody to pat them on the back. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. a beautiful thing, sugar, for people it to is. see your vulnerability. Yeah. It ain't yeah. always what you say, but what, the, what people witness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm the world's biggest crybaby. I'm just tough on the outside. But. I am too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big old marshmallow. My lips curl up. Big old marshmallow <laughs> on the inside. See? <laughs> yes. And you know what, um, as a visionary myself, you know, I know that God has chosen quite a few to be visionaries. And I, I, I myself personally know the weight that it, the weight of being a visionary. At mm -hmm. times you do feel like you're alone. At times you do feel as though it's not as important to everybody else as it is to you. And, and as a visionary, we know that what this person may not feel this duty, we got to feel it whatever duty that needs to be filled as a visionary and as a, a glory carrier, we have an obligation to fill those. And um, so I'm just encouraged in knowing that when God gives you a vision, he'll send you the right people to help carry out that vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and they don't always look like what you expect either. No. You know what I mean? Like that's what the funny part is um, or the amazing thing about God. Um, uh -huh. Sometimes the weight, the heaviness is in the waiting, right? And I was like, Lord, you got to send me somebody that wants to work and wants to do. And we had a benefit program with the Etowah Jazz Band. And these, this lady and her daughter and granddaughter come up to our food table and um, we're, we're eating. And we had talked about, I was able to make a little spiel about World Away and what we do and Every month we provide meals to the community, 300 meals to the community. And I said, you know, we would love to have some volunteers. And here they are, don't look like me, don't, didn't know me. And they were like, we want to help serve. And they were there every day those 90 days during that pandemic. 
even on the days where I'm like, hey, I'm only going to work a few hours. I got to take a break. I'm having, because I was still working my real job too. So I was like, I got to take a break. My boss is on me and they were there. Um, lifted me up, working when Pam, go take a break, go, you know, worry about you and we'll take care of this. So um, he will send you what you need in the time of need um, for the need. And I am so thankful to him for that. It's, um, it's hard because my mind won't stop working, right? And I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't really want to do that. Like, chill out. Don't give me nothing else right now. My plate is full. Can I have a break? Can I sleep tonight? <laughs> honey, just let me rest. My husband is like, yeah, go to hamsters. Because I'm like, ooh, guess what we can do? He was like, the Lord ain't told mm -hmm. me that, damn. Chill out. And I'm like, well, he told me, so mm -hmm. let's make it happen. How are we going to do mm -hmm. it? And I am mm -hmm. grateful to God. Well, he told Mary before he told Joseph, didn't he? He did. And I'm I just saying, telling him that. Didn't he? Him that. Um, I'm so grateful mm -hmm. for him. He is my person. He is my backbone. I can depend on him. Um, I put out Team Whitfield a lot on my social media, but I mean, on any given day, um, he has my back. And, and I, I know a lot of people in ministry and a lot of people in their purpose. They're like, my husband's not supportive or my wife is not supportive. And right. I can't relate. Mm -hmm. I cannot relate to that. That's all and right. I am That's all right. really grateful for the man that God placed in my life to be the head of my household, but also who holds me up, holds me accountable, tells me when I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm we need love. that. And, you know, chastises me when I'm wrong, in which he should, when I'm wrong, um, but loves me anyway, any old right. how. And, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, look, what do we have to do? And a lot of people are like, oh, I haven't seen, you know, your husband who's in the military too. And I'm like, yeah, but when I get home, this car's going to be unpacked. My kitchen is going to be cleaned, you know, so he's in the background. He's not the front. He lets me be in the front shining. But he's in the background and making making sure everything works. So I am grateful to to him. Um, and every I, I pray that every woman, God finds them a man, a godly man, that is their hero. Um, whether he be in uniform or out of uniform, that's going to stand by them and love them, and and be there for them. So I'm I'm praying for that. I have a that's lot. That's very kind. That I'm praying. Praying for that. Um, that's very I, kind of you. Yeah. That is awesome. That's very I, kind of you. You know, I um Cartersville is a very small town and there are a lot of people who have nonprofits. Um and my sister Scotland is one of them, Scotland Smith, who have uh, uh Love Travels and then um Heart Pretty Two is her new one. Um but there are so many more and I'm very proud of her if I might add that. But there are so many people here in Cartersville who have nonprofits. And, you know, I'm seeing that, you know, sometimes there is this aroma in the air among leaders who have nonprofits and they have this misconception that we can't come together. Yeah. And, you know, but we're talking about it takes a village you know, and it really does. And I think people have the misconception that um, only one person needs to do the same type of ministry. 
but because there is such a great need out here in this whole entire world, not just Cartersville, but really Cartersville has a huge tent community, but there is such a great need out here. Um, on a glorious day, people will realize that if only we come together and if only we become that village that we speak of, then we can do a lot more in our community. So what do you say to the leader who has a nonprofit who feels as though uh, they don't want somebody else to steal their thunder? So they don't want to connect with that nonprofit. You know, I want to stay on my own and do this. What do you say to that leader? How do you encourage that leader to open up their mind and to begin to, um, you know, reach out to other nonprofit uh, business uh, conductors or people who do nonprofit? What do you say to that person who's so fearful of the light being taken off of them um, who won't connect to other ministries? How do you encourage that person to do so? Well, what I think is um, sometimes as a leader, um, I think we're in it for the shine. Mm, my God. And, um, you know, anybody can start a nonprofit. Anybody can start a business, right? Anybody can start an LLC. Um, it is not until... God has placed you there that you're willing to be vulnerable enough um, to allow other people in because you cannot do everything. Um, I can't be here, there, and everywhere. I'll, although sometimes it seems like I am. Sometimes you got to send other people. Um, but other nonprofits have to be uh, open right, to other leaders have to be open to accept help too. A lot of, a lot That's of right. nonprofits want to have all that, you know, want to hold all the power. Once you get to mm -hmm. like where we are in like seven years, I'm like, please somebody come and take this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm tired. I don't, every, cause every time somebody's hungry, they're like, oh, Pam, you know, Pam's got it. And I would mm -hmm. love to be mm -hmm. like, I don't have it. Let me pass that on, you know, to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it would be great as a community, which I love what what's going on on Summer Hill now with the vendor spots and, you know, that showing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what community could be like. But a mm -hmm. lot of times um, people are so afraid that you won't hear what we're doing if there's so much mm -hmm. noise around, right? And if we, mm -hmm. if, if that's our own, our only focus, then nobody's going to ever hear what you're doing, even if you're speaking with a megaphone. Right. Um, so you have to be, uh, a leader has to be open for that. A leader has to be called and not just sent, kind of like a pastor, yes. right? I don't want nobody else preaching yes. in my pulpit or, you know, I don't want any women mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. pulpit mm -hmm. or whatever. So you have mm -hmm. to be open mm -hmm. as a leader. Um, and a lot of people don't like constructive criticism, right? Hey, well, mm -hmm. I've done it this way. Maybe we can look at, mm. you know, something else. And a lot mm. of leaders, a lot of strong-minded leaders, I'm a strong-minded leader, but I have learned to sit back and be like, oh, this, this don't really have nothing to do. Y'all let me know how many cups y'all need to go get or how, you know, mm -hmm, who I need mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. You got to step out of yourself mm -hmm, as a leader mm -hmm, and be like, mm -hmm. what is best for the community? What is best for the outcome? What is best for the goal? So it takes like-minded people to sit in the room and be vulnerable, to be understanding, um, to be willing to learn, because um, none of us know everything. I have a lot of people, 
that come to me like, oh, I want to start a nonprofit. Um, I want to do what you do, right? And I'm like, but do you serve? Oh. Starting a nonprofit is easy, but do you serve? Um, this guy came to me a few weeks ago who served with us last year, and he was like, you've been on my heart. I just want to start a nonprofit, but how do I make money? Mm. How does a nonprofit pay me? I'm like, I don't know, but when you find out, can you tell me? Because we still right. not getting paid. Right, because so, we did a many kitchens out of pocket. Honey, listen, I said, dude, we have spent over $200,000 out of pocket and not gone hungry, not, you know, and that's not bright. I'm just saying that's the sacrifice. Tithing and willed away. That's, that's, those were our, our things. And now the nonprofit is able to stand on its own, but you, it's a sacrifice. Right. And you can't come in with, I'm going to get paid. Right. What you serving? You definitely have to have the right motives, you know, because you definitely see that there are a lot of people who just want to be either connected to people who have nonprofits because they see what they're doing in the community or who want that, that limelight, you know, but you definitely have to have the heart of a server, period. There's no other way to do it. I mean, that is, it's just not, it's not possible to, to be able to do ministry or nonprofit work and not be a server or have the correct motives because that's when I think the passion and the gift is what allows you to keep pushing when you're too tired to continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, passion will push you in a place of peace too. Um, passion will put you in a place of perpetuity and passion will put you in a place of Lord, okay, I'm tired of this. You can have this back. And he was like, no, and then I'm going to add some to it. And um, you get to that point. And as a visionary, and you know, you know what else is, I was talking to my husband about this the other day. A lot of times we start taking on everything because we want people to see it, right? Mm. And it's so heavy. And you're like, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. And, and that was me when I first started out because I wanted everybody to like me. I wanted everybody to like we were Soul Sisters Run at the time. I wanted everybody to, to like Soul Sisters Run. And it, honey, everybody just ain't gonna like you. And that's all right. Mm-hmm. But I had to start taking stuff off. Right? I had to start unpacking these layers because I was literally making myself sick trying to appease folks that don't even like me. Right. And when you reach a certain level of... Um, a certain level of awareness within yourself you don't care who like you and who don't it doesn't bother you it doesn't bother you when people see you and they don't even speak you know those things don't don't move you don't bother you you know we definitely have to keep our focus on being a part of the village doing our duty because it takes people being aware and acknowledging what their duty within the village is absolutely because a lot of times people just want to buy but they don't want to do anything while they're there so, um, you know, I, I'm grateful to the people who have said yes to being a part of the village. Absolutely. You know. um, my favorite quote is from Kevin Hart, which is kind of odd, but he says, everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to put in the work. Mm. Right. And, and that's, well, you know, everybody wants to grab onto a coattail because they see what's hot, what's new, um, you know, Oh, she started a nonprofit. Let me run over here and do this. Oh, she started a business. Let me run. And, but there's no depth. There's no sincerity. 
you're just trying to grab on to what's hot and what's next and you're still empty inside and that that was me wanted to be a part of everything and wasn't a part of nothing so I had to realize first of all eternalize why did I feel the need to be a part of everything Right. Why did I need need to feel the need of taking on everybody else's stuff? And when I learned the power of no, um, that I can't save everybody. I can only help the people that are in my means to help. Because um, I was going broke trying to help everybody else. And then I see him in the store and they don't even speak. Right. And you know what? I read this book. It's entitled The Ins and Outs of Rejection. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and my husband both read that book. And it is so amazing because it explains why people do what they do. It Absolutely. explains why leaders, um, you'll see certain people in the community who overachieve and who do want to be a part of all this stuff. And at the end of the day, the, the root cause is because they're dealing with a certain type of rejection. And if we're honest, we've all yeah. dealt with some type of rejection, whether it's through our, from our kids, from our parents you know, from our spouses, from people in the community, we all dealt with it. So, you know, that's a really good point to bring up, you know, but that mm-hmm. book is amazing. I, I need to reread that book. It's awesome. I have that book. Awesome. Well, you should get paid for promoting it. We have <laughs> questions. Tell them to give you so some. let me get to them before our time, before our time is, before our time is up. Let me just say, just to piggyback on some of the information that's already been communicated regarding nonprofit, um, a lot of times, being in the tax business, I understand, see, uh, people try to use service as a means of, you know, scheme. And um, in my opinion, nonprofit is just service. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I believe that God has created us all to serve. And when you, when you start nonprofit, you do the most work. The person that started is really the one that does the most work because it's in the service that people are drawn to you because people a lot of times get to thinking, Oh, there they go. That nonprofit, that's just a way to scam and scheme because when it comes to nonprofit, you're supposed to keep a ledger, a logbook of all these things that you do so that, you know, the, 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 the kind gifts keep coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I believe that it still states that many are called, but few are chosen because people going to soon get on out the way when they see it ain't no money-making business. When they see that it's a social service that you do and ain't nothing given to you but gratitude. You can't make no, no rich, no rich scheme from this. Ain't nothing given to you, but the heart that it's like, well, thank you Lord for the opportunity to give. You feel what I'm saying? And when God has called you to it, he's going to get you through it. Right. Everything you need, you're going to be able to get done and your cup's going to run over. So my question is, how important is it for people that have uh, a passion to serve, but yet they would prefer to use that passion as a way to make money? How important is it for them to first move in a, in a serving place, you know, work that thing uh, because of passion and, and love doing it because if you do, you never work again. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. How important is it that people take that dream, that vision that God has given them and just go with it and help other people? Because even in business, is it, if your business is not something people need, you're not going to prosper. Absolutely. 
So it goes both ways, nonprofit and business. Whatever you're doing, if people don't need it, you ain't gonna, it ain't gonna prosper. That's right. That's right. So how important is it? So when people call me and tell me they wanna start a nonprofit, my first thing to them is to serve under what you want to emulate for a year. Because if you can't serve under anybody else, you're not going to be able to serve the need of that you're trying to fill. Um, oh, find wow. you a find you a mentor in that field. Um, like mine is hunger and homelessness. Find you a mentor in that field and work with that mentor for a year. That will really determine. And I'm talking about giving of your time, talents, and treasures. I mean, giving it, doing it, doing it. All of it. Consistently. And then you'll see, because a lot of times we're going off feeling, right? Especially like when people serve with us and they go out into the streets of Atlanta and see the actual homeless on the street. Yeah. Or the hype. They see the hype of what's going on. You show up and be like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, you didn't see any of the background work, you know, what it takes to get (laughs) to this point, right? And um, because it's easy to come and, and show up at the end. I mean, as you can, like church anniversary and all that kind of stuff when everything is nice and already done and then everybody, ooh, that was a great anniversary and you didn't put in the work. So you don't know when we, we got to put the church back down, we got to put the chairs back where they belong, you know, after everybody is gone. So that's the, that's the thing. Everybody sees the glitz and the glam, but they don't know what goes into it on the back end. So that's what I tell people now in order to really figure out, and I wish I had done that. I didn't have that. I went straight into it, which is why I got all these bumps and bruises and marks and stuff now, because I went straight in full throttle without a mentor in the nonprofit realm, right? I had a a business mentor who died about six months after my nonprofit, Mm. um, who, and that just kind of threw me into a tailspin but I didn't have, I didn't look diligently enough for somebody already in it to serve under them. Mm-hmm. I just went full throttle and that will mm-hmm. cause burnout as well um, because mm-hmm. you have nobody to ask any questions to. And that's why I'm so open and honest when people come to me, what should I do to start this nonprofit? I'm like, who have you served? Have you mm-hmm. served any, who? Who are you serving? What are you giving? Mm. Your, what are you giving your time, talents, and treasures to? Because whoever mm-hmm. you're giving those three to, that's what you're serving. So if you're not mm-hmm. willing to serve, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is definitely above you. So you have mm. to, you you definitely got to get in and get with somebody um, that's already doing it and let them help you so they can answer and clear out the cobwebs. I mean, it's little things. Some things Google just can't answer. You need a real life. Listen, I need some help. I have some questions and I can't right. find it on Google, right? I need some, and that, and you know, I need somebody to tell me this and I need somebody to tell me that. What direction is this? And and I I didn't have that. So that's why I try to be that now. What What is it that you need where are you going? What people? Get your mission statement. You, and that's the main part. Get your mission statement, right? What is your mission going to be? 
and let's work on it from there. And maybe I may not be the mentor okay. for you, right? Because I may not know, okay. but let's pair you with somebody that does know. Let's pair you with somebody uh -huh. in that realm. So that is, that would be my first thing. Understand that if this is your calling or if God is telling you to do this or you're just going off of feelings. Um, uh, under, uh, Cause, cause we do, right? We get up and we be like, oh, I want to get saved today. Let me run up here and not knowing what that means, right? So that's kind of in this nonprofit, even in the business realm. Oh, I could do a cute T-shirt. So now everybody doing T-shirts. Everybody don't need no T-shirt. So what else, what's your other niche, right? What else can you do that's different? What's going to make you stand out? And then find your mission statement. What's going to be your mission? It only has to be a, a sentence. That's it. How do you recognize, how do you fit into that sentence? If I took the subject out and put your name there, is that what people, that's what people need to see, right? And so that's what I tell people now, the young man that came to me the other day and was like, how do I make money? I just shut it down. Like, I Jesus. can't even, I said, when you're ready, when you say God called you to do this, and when you're ready to serve without any financial gain of it, just keep your real job. Just yeah. keep your job. Because that's really all it is. That's all it is. Serving, period. That it ain't got nothing to do with making money. Not for profit, non-profit is what it is. Zero. I, I ain't made a <laughs> dollar. A dollar. But I've also not gone lacking. Right. But see, that's, a, that's, that under, that's that underskirt. Yeah. That's how God take care of his people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. You working, but your oil, your, your barrel is never running dry because you serving. Yes. It, my bat is filled with wine all the time. And I tell people this all the time. Tithing and serving have kept us afloat. When, it, when, when we go to see our accountant at the end of the year and she's looking at how much we give and how much we tithe, and she was like, how in the world are you guys making it? My seed is in the ground. My seed is working on my behalf. I'm giving to other nonprofits because I want to see everybody, the ones that I know that are legitimate, of course, and that, that they're actually doing work. Let's be very clear. I don't give to big nonprofits anymore. I've seen that. I, I have a problem with the CEO making a million dollars on a nonprofit. I just have a problem with that or millions of dollars with the nonprofit. So I'm all for supporting the grassroots nonprofits that are actually doing the work that I can go and serve with them. And, and for anybody that's listening, that is no exaggeration, what you just stated. As an enroll agent, that is no exaggeration, mm -hmm. what you just stated about those nonprofits making that kind of money, which yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they do. The, the bigger, um, I, I can actually give an example, went to Houston for disaster relief when they had the flooding and in 2017, and a big nonprofit that everybody donates to showed up at the um, NRC center, which is where they were housing all these thousands of people. And we get there and they have lunch in this boardroom for all of the volunteers. And I'm not talking about a little lunch. I'm talking about there was steak, there was tacos, there were nachos, there were ribs, there were baked beans. I mean, you just the whole room wall to wall was filled with food. And they said, volunteers, please eat. And I'm like, well, you know, we're good. We're going to go ahead and start working. So we go downstairs to where the people are that, that have been displaced and they're eating MREs from the military and bologna sandwiches. 
I, oh I'm, my God. I promise, my right hand to God. And I was like, so wait a minute. Oh Why are we eating the fat of the lamb and the people that are being displaced are eating MREs? And I don't know if you ever saw one, but it's not, that's what the yes, army- Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. So it's not very- It's appetizing. tasteless. My husband said it tastes oh good when you're out in the field. And I guess anything does. Well, I guess so. When you out there in the boondies, honey, eat, eat that and yeah. eat worms. So they yeah. rather eat that. But, oh like, that's what they're eating. Potato chips and MREs. And they're mashing them up together with some hot sauce. And that's what they're eating. Jesus. And then this big nonprofit comes and they have um, gift cards. And they're giving each person... $2,400 on a gift card, each person. So if you're a family of, well, actually you're six, family of six, you're fa each person eight. is going to get eight. Family oh, of eight. Let me get a calculator so I can. Honey, figure that up. That's how much y'all was going to get, okay? $2,400 per person, right? That's the okay, so, so <laughs> use going to be all right. It would be a, a jump start, right, into start figuring out what you were going to do. So they walk in, and this is what they do. We got these $2,400 gift cards. Y'all come on and get them. So in a panic, everybody just takes off running. They're running over people's kids. They're fighting. True story. Saw it with my own eyes. They're fighting because you're thinking once they run out, I'm not, you know, if I don't get in line, I'm not getting anything. So they totally mishandled that. And then they got mad the police, not the police, the um, National Guard was there, right? Because it was a disaster. The National Guard came and broke everybody up. They took people to jail for fighting, put them out of the facility, took people to jail, and that nonprofit packed up their stuff and didn't come back. And we were there for five days and they never came back. Hmm. That's why I love Tyler Perry because he goes to the place he is the village. He will drive, he will fly his plane. He will take stuff. And then he you will. go to the Dollar Tree and they'll say, do you want to donate a dollar to, no ma'am. I I, I do nonprofit too, no ma'am. That part. My 50 cent, and I'm gonna <laughs> help on my own because I already know what kind of games they be playing. That's right, that's right. So they never came back in five days. Um, the food kept coming to the volunteers who can afford to get whatever they wanted. And so I saw how the people were mishandled and mistreated. And um, so just be careful where you, serve, where you sell your money into the, the bigger names. People want to, you know, donate to the bigger names. But us smaller names, uh, Love Travels, um, Circle of Advancement, Wheel Away, you know, we can give you a tax write-off form too. It works just as well. So that's that's my spiel um, on that. But But definitely... I mean, those people are there for a paycheck. Those executives making, they're there for, they're making $600,000 or more a year, some of the larger yeah. nonprofits. And uh, yeah. not to say they're not doing some good work. So I don't right. want to, you know, I'm, right. what I've, well, you don't what have I've to, seen. Uh, you, it's enough <laughs> ugly. Ain't nobody looking at that. It's enough ugly that, they, uh, that they're doing. Ain't nobody studying. Wow, the, the, like, that's, the, that's the, but I, yeah, I need for you to go ahead and uh, talk about your organization because our time is caught up with us. So please talk about your app, your organization, yeah. talk about how people can give, uh, get all that in there. Okay. Because I'm going to let Lady Ashley 
uh, share and then we're going to close out. Okay. Well, my nonprofit is the Will to Way Foundation. It's W-I-L-L, the number two way, that's one word, Foundation Incorporated. We are based out of Bartow County. We serve um, everybody everywhere, which can be good or bad. We have served in 31 states and 14 countries, and we serve weekly, um, twice a week, to the homeless in downtown Atlanta. We serve the homeless and underserved a hot meal, blankets, basic necessities, toothbrush, toothpaste, underwear, rat traps, believe it or not. That's, we've been asked for that a lot. Um, wow. Because you're out there in the elements and have all of your belongings. And so we, I've, we probably provide about 20 rat traps this year, which has been very um, different. And um, so we also do monthly um, called Lunch of Love, which we will have next Saturday in Bartow County. We'll be at the First Presbyterian Church. Um, we provide a hot meal. We actually prepare the meal, box the meal up there at the um, church, and then we go out and deliver the meal. So if you know anyone that would like a meal, please contact our office, um, website www.willtowayfoundation.org. Our, our newest baby is our app, which we're going to launch officially next week. Oh, let me say this. I just got the trademark back. So we officially got our trademark on our app. So I am, um, took almost a year. But we are excited about that. But the app is called Pass a Plate, and it's on all um, arenas, uh, Android, the Play Store, and um, see, I don't have an iPhone, so if that tells you anything. <laughs> so on Amazon devices, uh, on Android devices, as well as iPhone devices, um, you can download that app and become a sponsor. Um, there's, it's $10.95 okay. per meal. And what happens is the mm -hmm. schools, DFATs, they contact us when there is a child or children in the, um, in the community that may not have a meal anytime during non-school hours. And if that child is in need of, we contact the family, we add them to the app. And then when they are in need of meal or said meals, they, they um, reach out to us via the app. And we then in turn, contact a local restaurant and have the food delivered for them. What about drop-off spots for the hygiene products and all of that? Uh, we Do can you... pick those up. We don't have a local office, so we can, okay. if you'll just contact our office, we will be glad okay. to pick those up. We're on social media. Everything is Will to Way Foundation. Um, okay. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and just hit us up and somebody in the area will, will come and pick those up. Okay, and lastly, you have a business where you actually cater and you use money to fund your organization. Is that right? Yes, yes. This has been, so I lost my corporate job this year. Well, I didn't lose it. I took a package and left and uh, had okay. to reinvent myself. So we started By Your Side okay. Catering Company. And um, okay. this is how we continue to serve. We do meals and people pay us for, for our meals that are very good, by the way. Okay. Um, we run a weekly mm -hmm. special of a $10 meal. And then we just created our website. So it's by your side, um, by your side catering co.net. And you can go on there, order your food, and we have delivery options as well. So we are actually really grateful. We just 
um, signed a contract with the Etowah Scholarship Foundation. So we will be providing mm -hmm. meals in November um, for them for their purse option. So this could be really, really big for our company. So um, grateful for that opportunity. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Very much. I appreciate you ladies. Um, Lady Ashley. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you um, uh, say uh, maybe another minute before we close out so that you can send shout outs uh, because we are so appreciative to have you. You have been just an amazing guest. We love humor because we're so silly on this show. It's a hot mess. I, can, I just, I love what I do. Lady Ashley, please share with the people that are listening uh, the importance of, you know, following the heart in a minute. Right. <laughs> Her minutes be like... 30 seconds. She'll be trying to cut folks off, but I'm just going to stop right there. No, uh, I just want to encourage all who are listening to listen to your heart. And when you have a vision or a dream, or when you have something that you want to do, stop waiting on other people to approve what you want to do. Stop waiting on other people to say, yes, go. No, when, whenever God gives you something to do in his timing, once you converse with him, you do it. Um, I'm in a season in my life to where this year I'm, I am figuring myself out and I am going to do and I want to do all that I want to do. So I just want to encourage you all to just start living and stop existing because at the end of the day, when you die, you want to die lived. You don't want to die unlived. So, um, you know, let today, let this morning be the beginning of your new journey um, and take that brave step, that brave initial step and step out on whatever it is that you want to do and just fly. Spread your wings and you got this. Mm. So you want to die empty, huh? Honey. Come on now. Die empty, y'all. Okay, Pam, empty. please yes. shout out to your followers. Shout out to the people to tag this um this podcast so that the person that tag it the most you know that share it the most they're going to get a giveaway it's a 25 dollars gas card so you want to make sure you shout out to them to to make sure that they share the replay do i qualify can i get the gas card no, you do not <laughs> we are going to give something to wield the way revealing hill is going to give something i'm waiting so, can i have a gas card too well, I wanted to thank you ladies so much um, for this opportunity and thank you for what you're doing in this healing season, in this season of revealing. You guys are doing some amazing work. I've watched, I've watched, I've cried. Um, and I love the fact that you're bringing in um, local people to tell their story. Um, so we appreciate you, we applaud you. Thank you for being that village. Um, thank you for going above and beyond of what God's calling is. So definitely um, appreciate you. And thank you for allowing this platform for us to heal. So um, that is it. Thank you for starting my morning off so wonderfully. Um, Amen. And such a such a great day. Um, so we can get this day started and and yes. move forward um, with today. And honey, 
support black women and support black businesses, honey. Do your things. Yes. 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 To be in this room Amen. Today, honey. So thank listen, you so much. Amen. Life offers you so many doors. It is up to you which to open and which one to close. I'm Coach Dale. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Relationship Lounge Reveal in Here podcast live.